Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Well, raise your hands up high, somebody, and just say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I like to say so often, He is worthy. He is wonderful, and He is welcome in this house. Now, that was weak, low-key, and pathetic. We better try that again. I said, He is worthy. He is wonderful, and He is welcome in this house tonight. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Island Church, I love you. I bless you. You're a great bunch. I hope we get to live on your street in heaven. Amen. It's going to be fun. Well, I want to say thank you so much for your everything, your Christian warmth, your hospitality, your love. This is a great church. And I want to say thank you so much for your giving. You that have given us, Brother Allen said, may God give back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and then a whole lot more. Hallelujah. Thank you for giving because, as I mentioned, I'm going next month to Nicaragua and Haiti. I'm going to Haiti in July. We're believing God for a great time. We saw 3,000 saved last time, over 30,000 we fed. We're believing for a double portion this time. Amen. And so I want to say thank you for your giving. Oh, God is so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Well, I'm ready. Woo! How many have your Bibles with you tonight? Why don't you just hold them up high and make the devil mad? Come on now. Hold up your Bibles, your iPads, iPhones, blackberries, strawberries, blueberries, cranberries, raspberries. What if you got just hold them up high and just said, devil, I win. You lose. That's enough. <laughs> Hallelujah. Would you stand please tonight? If you have your Bibles, would you turn please? I'm reading from the King James Version. Turning, please, to 1 Samuel chapter 9, verses 15, 16, and 17. And then we're going to drop down to chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. Once again, that is 1 Samuel chapter 9, beginning with verse number 15. If you're there, shout, I'm there. If you're not, shout, I'm not. Hurry up. <laughs> I'll look you up. First Samuel chapter 9, beginning with verse 15. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin. Everybody shout Benjamin. Benjamin. Thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hands of Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because that cry is coming to me. And when Samuel saw, saw the Lord said unto him, Behold the man which I spake to thee of, this same shall reign over my people. Now notice please, beginning with 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse number 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon Saul's head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin at Zilzah. And they will say unto thee the assets which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father hath left the care of the assets, and sorrow for thee, saying, what shall I do for my son? Then thou shalt go forward from thence. Thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. Thou shalt meet the three men going up to God to Bethel. One carrying three kids. Another carrying three loaves of bread. Another carrying a bottle of wine. And they will salute thee. And give thee two loaves of bread which thou shalt receive other hands. After that thou shalt come to the hill of God. Where is the garrison of the Philistines? And shall come to pass when thou art come thither to the city that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place, and a psaltery, and a tabor, and a pipe, and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. 
and the Spirit of the Lord shall come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. And let it be, when these signs are come unto thee, that thou doest occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. Thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come down unto thee, to offer burnt offerings, and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days shall the tears of light come to thee and show thee what thou shalt do. And it was so that when he turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him unto the heart. And all these signs came to pass that day. I'm not going to have you turn there, but let me quote one of the portions of the scripture. In Psalms 92, verse number 10, the latter part of the verse, we found these words. The psalmist said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Say that, please. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Say it like you believe it. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I want to minister for just a few moments along these lines, the blessings of a fresh anointing. I said the blessings of a fresh anointing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is life-giving. Your word is life-changing. Father, I believe that tonight, because of your word and because of your spirit, we will never, ever be the same again. We thank you. Now we bless you. And all of God's people said together, Amen. That sounded good. You better say it again. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The blessings of a fresh anointing. I love the words of the psalmist there in Psalms 92 verse 11. The psalmist said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Now that's the King James. I love that. But in the New American Standard, it reads like this. I have been anointed with fresh oil. In the Amplified Bible, as you know, the Amplified Bible is the woman's Bible because it has a whole lot more words. Amen. But the Amplified Bible says, I am anointed with fresh oil. One says, I have been anointed with fresh oil. Another says, I am anointed with fresh oil. Another says, I shall be anointed with with fresh oil. I'm talking about your past, your present, and your future should have the anointing of God all upon it. I love these words. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Now, I don't know about you, but I love things that are fresh. Come on, talk to me, somebody. I mean, I love fresh coffee in the morning. I love fresh vegetables. I love the smell of a lawn that is freshly cut. But more so in the spirit room, I love the things that are fresh. I love fresh manna. I love fresh, oh, I love fresh fire. And I love a fresh anointing. You say, why is that? Because, beloved, the anointing will make a difference in your life. And when the anointing comes upon you, something is going to happen. I'm talking about when the anointing comes, it will bring breakthrough. It will bring ideas. It will bring revelation. It will bring recovery. It will bring manifestation. When the anointing comes upon you, things will be set in order. When the anointing comes upon you, there will be divine direction and clarity. When the anointing comes, you will be changed and transformed. You will never, ever be the same again. When the anointing of God comes upon you, you'll be armed and dangerous to the kingdom of hell. When the anointing of God comes upon you, you'll begin to rise up the new heights in God and go down the deeper depths in God. When the anointing of God comes upon you, you can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Even sometimes you can run through the wall and leap over a troop. Come on, I'm talking about the anointing of God will make a difference in your life. 
And I say this by the Spirit of God, I believe with all my heart. I was praying this afternoon that a fresh anointing, come on, say that, a fresh anointing, a fresh anointing is coming upon this church. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a fresh anointing is coming upon this church. I'm not just talking about this church collectively, but upon you as well individually. You can begin to shout it out loud. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. But I'm asking you the question, but what is the anointing? Now, what is the anointing? Now, we will toss out certain words so often. I'm talking about especially the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, those in the fivefold ministry. I mean, they begin to use Christian verbiage, Christian ease, Christian vocabulary. And sometimes people in the church will expect new converts. They don't know what in the world we're talking about. Come on now. Uh, we talk about justification and sanctification. We talk about transformation and reconciliation. We talk about Christology and soteriology. We talk about pneumatology. We talk about ecclesiology and eschatology and this sin. Do what? He said, what do you mean? Well, let me tell you what I mean. I was ministering sometime back in California. Now, as you look at this on the left side, of the country as you see the map. But here was in California and we were having a prayer line and I was praying for this one and this one and this one. And there was one guy that got saved the day before. He was a biker, Hell's Angel. I'm talking about this dear brother was rough and raw. May I say he was very, very rough and very, very raw around the edges. And so he came down to the prayer line. I was praying for this one and this one. This. But guess what? I kept my eyes on him. I kept my eyes on this brother, this new convert of the Lord. And finally I got to him and I said, what is it, my dear brother? What do you need? He said, well, I've been told I've got cancer of the stomach. And I said, well, what's going to happen? He rolls up. He said, it's going to go. And you can just see the faith upon you. You can hear the faith in his voice. I said, what? He said, it's going to go. I said, how do you know that? He said, because you said that God said that healing belongs to me. He said, it's going to go. And I could see the faith. I could just hear the faith in his voice. I said, well, when's it going to go? He said, right now. And I said, I tell you what, I don't have to pray for you because you're a child of God now. He said, yes. I said, God hears my prayers. God hears your prayers. I said, so therefore you believe that he's going to do. I said, okay, then do you want that cancer to go? He said, yes. I said, okay, then just curse that cancer right now in the name of Jesus. He said, okay. He said, you foul blanket it blank, 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 blank. And it had a few more blanks on top of that. Now, he was in a row. Come on down. And the pastor, Pastor Tom, leaned over. He said, you told him to do that. <laughs> and he was just cussing up a storm. I said, wait, brother. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. He said, what? I said, can I pray? He said, just jump on in. <laughs> well, I began to you know, pray the prayer of faith. But guess what? We got a good report sometime later. What happened? All cancer left his body. Come on, shout Amen. But you're asking the question right about now. You say, well, what was it? Was it his cussing your prayer of faith? You be the judge. Come on now. We both did in faith. Hallelujah. But what I'm saying is this. When I told him to curse the cancer, he didn't know what I was talking about. I told him to say something like this. Father God, in the name of Jesus. The name is above every name, but come humbly, but in faith before the rent veil of Calvary. I come to the throne of grace, making my petition known unto thee, O God. Oh God, right. Oh, now that's what I wanted. Come on now. But that's not what he said. He said, What are you talking about? I'm talking about the anointing. You said, What is the anointing? What well, to be anointed means this. It means to be rubbed on by the Spirit of God. It means to be smeared on by the Spirit of God, to be painted on by the Spirit of God. 
Your very life is rubbed on by the Spirit of the living God, and you're never going to be the same again. The anointing, the anointing is a priceless, precious treasure that is given to us by God, the Holy Spirit. The anointing is simply God showing up in your life. The anointing is the tangible presence of God Almighty manifest in your life. The anointing is the touch of God upon your life. The anointing is the abiding presence of the most high God upon your life. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Somebody said, well, really, what is the anointing? As one person said, I don't know what it is, but I said, no, what it ain't. Come on now. I'm talking about the anointing of God will make a difference in your life. Now, when we anoint somebody today in this hour, how do we anoint them? Oh, I like this one here. In most churches, it's an itsy-bitsy thing. But how do we anoint somebody? How do we anoint somebody? We would take the top off and we'll just get a little bit upon our finger. Do that. Just a little dab, do you? No, no, honey. Just a little dab won't do you either. Come on now. You need a whole bunch. Hallelujah. You see, that's not how they did it in the old covenant. I'm talking about when the prophet, the priest, and the kings, and other people with the Simons, how were they anointed? Well, in Exodus chapter 30, Verses 22 through 25, we find the five different ingredients that made up the holy anointing oil. Everybody shout holy. holy. I'm saying this, never take the things of God lightly. The things of God are to be honored, respected. Come on now. But there are five different ingredients that made up the holy anointing oil. And what were they? The five ingredients, they were number one, pure myrrh. Number two, sweet cinnamon. Number three, calamus. Number four, cassia. And number five, olive oil. There was number one, myrrh. Now what is myrrh? Myrrh is a painkiller. Myrrh is a healing agent. And my friends, when the anointing of God comes, the anointing will bring healing in every area of your life. Yes, there was pure myrrh, but also there was sweet cinnamon. Now, sweet cinnamon is different than the type of a cinnamon you use to make a cake or muffins or whatever. It's a different type of cinnamon. Why? Because sweet cinnamon is a Fiery cinnamon. I'm talking, it's like, you know, it's like a, you know, jalapeno. Come on now. Oh, it's a fiery cinnamon. And that's what the anointing God, God does. It will bring fire in your life. Come on, shout yes. Yes, there's pure myrrh. And there's sweet cinnamon. And there's calamus. Now, what is calamus? Now, this ingredient, it would cause your appetite to be increased. Now, don't look at me. Come on now. I've been using a lot of calories. No. But I'm talking about the anointing of God. It will cause for you to have a greater appetite for the things of God. A greater hunger for the things of God. Come on, shout amen. Yes, there was what? There was pure myrrh. There was sweet cinnamon. There was calamus. There was cassia. Now what is cassia? This is a cleansing agent. It is a purging agent. It brings a cleansing to your body. And my friends, when the anointing of God comes, it will help you to be cleansed and washed and purged. It will bring divine purging and sanctification in your life. But what was there? Yes, there was pure myrrh. There was sweet cinnamon. There was calamus. There was cassia. And there was olive oil. But what about the olive oil? Let me ask the question. How many of you would say, I want the oil of God, the fresh oil to flow in my life? Come on, talk. Well, guess what? There's only one way the olive oil can flow. What is it? The olive has to be crushed. Come on now. The olive has to be broken. And the anointing God will help us to live a broken life, a humble life before the Lord our God. Come on, talk to me, somebody. But you see, this is the way that they were anointed with these five ingredients, the five. But as you look there in Exodus chapter 30, verses 22 through 25, it talks about the different weights, the different measures of each of these. 
But when you begin to break them down in today's vernacular or understanding, these five ingredients together, they came together and they made a mixture of right at six quarts. Come on now. Six quarts. And my friend, this is exactly what happened with the people in the old covenant when they were anointed. They were not anointed just a little dabble, do you? But they had a six quart anointing poured upon them. Oh yeah. That's why the psalmist said, thou anointest my head with oil. That's why the Bible says it's like the precious ointment that ran down Aaron's head, down his beard, down the skirts of his garment. How many want a, a greater anointing? Come on, say amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, my friend, I'm not talking about in the natural, but I'll say this loud and clear. I believe, yes, a fresh anointing is coming upon Island Church. But let me kind of go one step further. I believe it's time we go further. Not just a little dabble, do you? But I believe you better get ready for a six-quart anointing. Come on, shout. Amen. Woo! Raise your hands up high and say, let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. But where were we? Oh, yes. But Samuel, the prophet of God, he anointed Saul, the son of Kish. Saul, the son of Kish, Saul of Benjamin. I could stop right there and preach a while. That's my middle name. Daniel Benson, which is short for Benjamin. And I've got the Benjamin blessing upon my life. Oh, yeah. How many of you got the Benjamin blessing? Yes, you do. Come on, you don't, but yeah, you do. Come on, say amen. Let me kind of stop uh, going to rabbit trail for a moment. I'm talking about a Benjamin blessing. Now, what is the Benjamin blessing? Now, when Joseph was the prime minister of all of Egypt, and his 11 brothers came before him, they didn't know that the prime minister was Joseph. Joseph hid that from them. But Joseph had all the servants of his to set before his 11 brothers certain things. He set before them each one portion of food and one change of raiment. But his brother Benjamin, guess what? He didn't set one portion of food and one change of raiment. Guess what? He set before him five portions of food and five changes of raiment. That's five. Everybody shout five. five. Shout it again, five. five. And the number five of the Bible speaks of grace and favor. Come on now. Oh, yeah. And I got the Benjamin blessing upon my life. Oh, yeah. And he said, Samuel, I want you to know Saul of Benjamin. Now know this. Now, we know that later on in life that Saul sinned and disobeyed the things of God, but you can mark it on it was God that picked Saul. Yes, the people, they wanted a king like other nations, but it was God who said, I know him. He's the one. He's the one. Saul was a Benjamin, and he was a person of royalty. I can keep on going. Now look at Esther. Esther was a, was a, the tribe of Benjamin. And guess what? She had the favor upon her life. Come on now. Look at the apostle Paul. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. And he was a man of great revelation. I can keep on going. I'm talking about I got the royalty. I got the favor. I got revelation. Come on, shout. Amen, somebody. Woo! Everybody shout, I'm royalty. In fact, when I got married, I told my wife, I said, baby, you marry me, I promise you one thing. She said, what's that? If you marry me, this is something for you, Gabriel. A promise that never broke. I said, baby, you marry me, I promise you one thing. You'll never, never do without. I did my best. I said, one more thing. I said, you'll always be dining with royalty. <laughs> and guess what she did? Burger King and Dairy Queen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I better move on. I better move on. How did I get off on that? <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyhow, where were we? Oh, yeah. Where, where Samuel the prophet came in verse number one of 1 Samuel chapter 10. And he took that vial of oil. Until Moses historian said it was a large vial. I believe it was a six-quart vial. And he poured it upon Saul's head. And the anointing ran down, down, down. And the Bible says, and then Samuel the prophet kissed Saul. It was not that he was kissing Saul, but he was having honor 
and respect for the anointing of God. And once that happened, once the anointing of God came upon Saul, something happened, blessing after blessing, benefit after benefit begin to come upon Saul. And that's what I'm talking about for the next few minutes. I'm talking about the blessings of a fresh anointing. If you want to have the blessings of a fresh anointing rested upon your life, raise your hands up high and shout, yes, I do. Now, as you begin to read this portion of Scripture, the next nine verses, you can see where there were at least seven blessings of the fresh anointing. Number one, it's found in verse one. The anointing provides excellence. Everybody shout excellence. Shout it again. I said the anointing provides, provides the ability to operate with excellence in a given office. Now, some people say, well, anoint me, anoint me, anoint me. For what? So you can sit back and do nothing. No, there's a reason. There's a cause. There is a purpose. If God is going to anoint you, my friend, know this. If there's going to be a new anointment, there must be a new appointment. Come on. There is a reason. There is a cause. And what was the office? What was happening? In verse 1, Saul, you know, was, was told by Samuel, and the reason is this, you know, is because God has called you to be the captain over his inheritance. And my friends, it doesn't matter. Maybe you're not an apostle. Maybe you're not a prophet, evangelist, pastor, a teacher. But my friend, in the office where you are, it could be a Sunday school teacher. It could be an usher. It could be working the sound booth, whatever. My friend, God wants you to have an anointing that will bring divine excellence upon your life. Come on, shout amen. And not just here in the church house, but you are the church. I'm going to leave here. Guess what? He wants to anoint you to be the best plumber, the best painter, the best mechanic, the best teacher. Come on, shout amen. I'm talking about he will give you a fresh anointing to operate and a given office with excellence. Everybody shout excellence. Hear me, God does it do in a sloppy way. God always does it with excellence. Several years ago, I was ministering in Pennsylvania, Berwick, Pennsylvania. A friend of mine had started a church up there. The new church is just getting going good. They probably had about 35 to 40 people, just a few months old. And, and when they started, they had no praise team like we have here at Island Church. Then nobody could play the piano, the keyboard, the organ, whatever. Come on now. I mean, no instruments at all. So wonderfully in the church, she said, you know, now we're singing from soundtracks. We're singing with canned music. But she was saying, the church needs more. The church needs more. And for the glory of God, we want to do more. And so she took it upon herself. She said, I'm going to learn to play the piano. And so she started taking lessons. I'm not talking about just one lesson a week like most young people do or older people do. But she was going every single day. She's paying the price every day for lessons. And then she'd get home and she'd practice not one hour a day, but two and three and four and five and six and seven hours a day because she was saying, I've got to have more for the house of God and for my great God. And she was learning to play that after just a couple of months. She had about five or six songs down pat. I mean, that's all she had, but she was on her way. I mean, she played five or six songs. I mean, that's what she had. Don't dare throw one on her because, no, it wasn't in her repertoire. And so here was, I was there for three nights. I was there on a Wednesday, a Thursday, and a Friday. Where that Wednesday night, the five or six songs. The Thursday night, the five or six songs. And here was that Friday night, and they went walking the platform. She went walking in the piano with some of the praise team. And I said, Lord, I said, I wish you had a lot more. He said, well, do something about it. I said, what? He said, I want you to pray for her. And I said, Lord, how to pray? He, he, then he told me what to do. I said, sister, would you come on down? Just come on down. God, the price is right. Come on down. And so she came down. I turned to the other. I said, go get a whole bunch of towels. 
Do what? I said, get a whole bunch of towels. And I said, sister, I said, God's about ready to bless your life in a great way. Well, they went and got some towels. And I said, just put them down. I said, just hold one bag, just put it all down, but one towel. And they put them on down. I said, sister, trust me. She said, what? She said, kneel down. She said, do what? I said, just kneel down. And she knelt down and said, stick out your hands over the towels. She did. And it was a big old bottle of oil about twice the size of this one. I took the top off. And the Lord said, I want you to pour the entire contents on her hands. And I said, Lord, are you sure? He said, do it now. And I took the top off and I poured the entire contents of that bottle of holy anointing oil upon her. I began to speak over her. I began to prophesy over her. I began to pray over her. And as I was doing it, she said, my hands are on fire. My hands are on fire. My hands are hot. My hands are burning. And I said, what's happening? She said, I don't know how to describe it. She said, my hands are burning, my hands are on fire. And she said, not only that, but when you begin to pour that oil upon me and begin to pray for me and speak for me and promise of me, she said, something came into me. Now, what was it? There was a divine deposit. There was a divine inspiration, divine impartation of the Most High God. And I said, but she said, my hands are burning, my hands are on fire. I said, give me that extra towel. She wiped all the oil from her hands. I said, I said, go on back. And she went back. And as soon as she sat down to that piano, I'm talking about something cut loose. Woo! I mean, she began to roll up and down those black and, oh yeah, those black and white, my Lord. And something happened. And she said, give me a song. And somebody shouted out, he is Lord, she'll play it. Give me a song. How great the word she began to play. Give me a song. She began to play it. Now, I don't know music at all. Come on now. I don't. I sing every song in the same key. H. Come on now. This for Help me, Lord. Come on now. But yeah, the, I mean, but people that know music said, they said concerning her, she was better. She was much, much better than any concert pianist you ever heard in your life. But it's not the years of piano lessons. It was not the years of practice. But no, what was it? It was a divine deposit. It was a supernatural impartation of the Spirit of God. And you can work and labor and strive and push and press all you want to concerning this but my friend when the anointing of God comes upon you like it's going to come upon this church you better get ready there's going to be a divine deposit there's going to be a supernatural impartation and you're never oh I'll say it again you're never going to be the same again by the way I had a prayer line the night people came and said do it for me do it for me honey it doesn't work that way but she had been practicing, what, four and five and six and seven, eight hours a day. That's why God saw her heart. I mean, God sees your heart to, to be your best, to work for him, to labor for him, do for him. Guess what? There's going to come divine excellence. Come on, shout, divine excellence. He told Saul, he said, this is because God has called you to be the captain over his inheritance, over his people. But the second blessing is this. The second blessing of the fresh anointing is found in verse 2. He said, when you leave here, when you leave me, you're going to meet some men. They're going to say unto you, the asses which you went to seek have been found. And now your father's looking for you. But the asses have been found. Now what is that? That's restoration. The second blessing is this. The anointing brings restoration. Everybody shout Restoration. They were lost, but guess where they were found? They were found. That's divine restoration. And I'll say this to you. Perhaps you, like Saul, maybe you've lost something. Maybe you've lost your dignity, your hope, your dreams, your goals, your integrity, your strength, your vision, or maybe a will to live. But let me tell you something. Whatever it may be, you better get ready because I'm saying this. Oh, by the Spirit of God, I believe right now God is setting you up. A divine fraction on this coming upon you individually like never before and there's going to bring forth divine restoration hallelujah I mean some things you've lost some things that are missing it's coming back I said divine I said divine everybody shout restoration hallelujah. and the third blessing is this in verse 3 
The anointing brings progress. Everybody shout progress. progress. Shout it again. Progress. Samuel told Saul, when you leave from here, you're going forward from thence. When you leave me, you're going forward. Everybody shout forward. forward. He didn't say you're going backwards. So many people in the body of Christ, they look back. They think back. They live back. Some people even talk back. Come on now. But I'm talking about God is saying to you this hour, it's not a time to look back, draw back, pull back, think back. He said, it's time to go forward. It's time to go forward. It's time to go forward. Honey, don't be past possessed, but be future focused. Come on now. It's time to go forward. God is saying, don't sit here oh, and spin your wheels. God is saying, it's time to go forward. And my friend, get ready because when the anointing comes, it will bring divine progress in your life. He said, but I've been here for so long in the same old, same old. Get ready because God is saying, it's a new day. It's a new time. It's a new season. And divine progress is coming your way. Come on, shout amen, somebody. The fourth blessing is this. And it's found in verse number four. The anointing will bring supernatural favor. Everybody shout favor. Shout it like you got some. Favor. That's found in verse number four. Samuel told Saul, when you leave here, you're going to meet three men. He said, they're going to give you two loaves of bread. They're going to give you two loaves of bread. And guess what? Saul didn't ask for this. He didn't make his petition known concerning bread. No, but guess what? It was just given to him. Whoa. I'm talking about it was just heaped on him. Guess what? God's going to begin to heap it on you. Come on now. I'm talking about God's about ready to cause divine favor after favor after favor after favor coming your way. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. I'm ready. Hallelujah. I'm talking about favor. Job chapter 10 verse 12 says, And Lord, thou hast granted me life and favor. Hallelujah. Favor. In Psalms 5 verse 12 it says, the favor of God will surround you like a shield. Hallelujah. Oh, everybody shout favor. Now let me tell you something. I am a man that's walking in the favor of God. The favor of God. In the home church of Virginia, we call that the fog. The F-O-G. We're walking in the fog. Come on now. Someone said, well, what's the forecast for tomorrow? We'll say, Heavy fog. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the favor of God. And the anointing comes upon you. Guess what? Favor is going to come upon you. Your home, your family, your business, your ministry. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. Others won't get the deal. You'll get the deal. Others won't get the contract. You'll get the contract. Come on now. I'm talking about God will give it to you. Others won't get the promotion. You're going to get the promotion. Others won't get the raise. You're going to get the raise. Come on, say amen. Oh, talk to me, somebody. I'm talking about favor. Everybody shout favor. All right, benefit number five. Here it is. The anointing of God will bring a change of status. Let us found in verse number six. In verse number six, the prophet Samuel told Saul, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and thou shalt be turned into another man. Oh, yeah. Woo! I love that. But I like the way the living Bible, if you get the living Bible, put that up verse number six. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse number 6, in the living Bible. Oh, I like it. Oh, yes. Oh, hallelujah. He says, and at that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, powerfully upon you, and you'll begin to promise out with them. Here it is. And you'll be changed into a different person, okay? Now, it's the New Living Letters paraphrase. You might be able to have that one. But it says, you'll begin to feel and act like a different person. Hallelujah. Come on now. I'm talking about there's going to be a change. There's someone come on you, and you'll begin to walk different, call different. Come on. You're never going to be the same again. There's going to be a divine change of set. You'll be changed to another man. Can I pop up eating this spinach? Come on now. Come on now. Back up, Brutus. Back up. Out of your mind. Hallelujah. Come on now. I'm talking about you'll be changed, transformed. How much of what I'm talking about? You ever felt the anointing of God come upon your change? I know you guys have when you begin to preach and teach. Oh, somebody said it's like you're preaching like a man from another world. You ever had the anointing of God just come? Whoa! Something happened. Oh, come on now. No, some of you know my story. If you don't, I'm not telling it tonight. But, but I was a rascal. I was a renegade. I was a mess. 
before I got saved, I got saved 45 years ago. I was evil and nasty, perverted, wicked, corrupt, raunchy, and those were my good points. <laughs> I've been arrested 45 different times, alcoholics, as a drug addict. My life was a mess. And out of juvenile centers, detention centers, reform schools, city jails, county jails, and the state penitentiary. Yeah, little me, think about that. Come on now. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but I got saved. Aren't you glad of that? I got saved on a Sunday. I went back to court two days later, facing 40 years in the state penitentiary for a crime. Yes, I did the crime. And so I was facing 40 years in the penitentiary. And I was before the judge and the lawyer talked to the DA. He got it marked down to 10 years. How many 10 years? It's a lot better than 40. Come on, say amen. Thank God. And here was, I used to be quiet and timid and bashful and shy. I used to be an ultra introvert. Think about that. <laughs> and the judge, he says, is there anything you want to say before I pass sentence on you? I looked at him, no, man, that's cool. That's all right, yes. <laughs> and he picked up that guy when all of a sudden, just like that, bam. When God does it, it doesn't take God long. He picked up that guy where to come down to pass sentence on me. It already been dropped from 40 years to 10. He was ready to come down to give me the sense of 10 years. And I was quiet and shy. And I wouldn't even kind of look up. You know, just. And uh, all of a sudden, something came on me. Started rising from deep within like a mighty artesian well. Oh, my God. Something came all over me. Wow, honey. Yeah, come on. I mean, those wasn't goosebumps. It was God bumps. It was cool. I need somebody to read it. You know, give me the interpretation to read the Braille. Hallelujah. Ah, I mean, something rose up in me. What was it? It was the greater one. What was it? It was the anointing of God came for the Roland. There's a change of status. And I said, wait a minute. Start of the judge too. He said, what? And I said, I'm a different person now than I used to be. I'm a different person now than I... Was on Sunday night, I'm a different person now than I came before this court last. He said, what do you mean by that? And I looked at him, and, and I was only saved for a day and a half. And I said, because Sunday night, I said, I went to church, and I said, and I called out to God, and he got a hold of me, and he won't let go. He came down with that guy. We changed it from 40 years to 10 to 13 months. Come on, say amen. But that was a change of status. You say, I can't do it. You, you can, honey. What can you do? That's a change of status. Philippians 4.13. Yeah. I can do all things through. Christ. What is Christ? That's the anointing. Yeah. That's the anointing one. You can do all things through the anointing one and his anointing. Yeah. I can do all things through the anointing of God. The anointing of God, we're going to change the status. Number six, here it is. The anointing of God will give you the assurance of God's presence. That's in verse number seven. The prophet told Saul, when you leave from here, know that God is with you. Aren't you glad that he's with us? These signs shall take place, but know for God is with you. God is with you. Now guess what? We know he's with us. We know he's with us. Come on now. He walks with me and he talks with me. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. But when you have a fresh anointing, when you have that anointing upon you. Now, honey, we don't go by feelings. Come on, is that true? But, but sometimes I love to feel like I feel like I do right now. Come on now. I mean, sometimes you just literally feel the presence of God. You have a divine assurance. We're not just walking by faith, but sometimes... You know that you know that you know that you know that you know. Come on now, come on. And when the anointing of God comes upon you, that fresh anointing, you're not just going to hope so, think so, but you're going to know he's with me. He's with me. He's with me. Everybody shout, he's with me. He's with at all times, but when you have a fresh anointing, a six-quarter anointing upon you, you're going to know that you know that you know. Hallelujah. And guess what? Not just that, but people all around you. I mean, when you're anointed, people, they're going to know that you've been anointed. Just when you are anointed with the six-quarter anointing, you leave there and you begin to walk down the street. People could, now, how many of you ever smelled the, a true anointing oil, the five mixtures? Have you? If not, you have to smell it. It smells good. It's such sweet, a sweetness. But somebody has a 
not just a little dab. I mean, you can smell sometimes, well, just a little drop of dab of perfume. But what about six quarts? Come on now. Wow, come on now. I mean, you walk down the street, so, mm, yeah, oh my God. But in the spiritual realm, I mean, people get around you, they can sit, sit. Oh, what are they sensing? They're sensing the very presence of God about you. They're sensing the spirit of God about you. And that's the, the anointing of God will give you the assurance of God's presence. Hallelujah. Oh, let me move on quickly. I close with this. I close with this. And I told you before, how many of it's biblical for the man of God to say, and finally, and keep on preaching. It is. How's that? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, the apostle Paul said, and finally, brethren, and then he went on for 18 more verses. Hallelujah. <laughs> but here it is. Here it is. And number seven, blessed number seven is this. And it's found, verse number nine, the anointing will give you a new heart. The Bible says when Saul turned to go away from Samuel the prophet, that God gave him, there it is, verse 9. Verse 9. Put in the King James Version, the King James would. When Saul turned to leave Samuel, and when he turned his back from Samuel, look at it, God gave him another heart. And I believe this with all my heart, beloved. I believe this, that a fresh anointing is coming upon you. And you're going to be different. You're going to be changed. What's going to happen when a fresh anointing comes upon you? God's going to give you a new heart. What do you mean, a new heart? You'll begin to love more. You'll weep more. You'll begin to shout more. You'll dance more. You'll love more. You'll give more. You'll worship more. Come on now. You'll sing more. There's something about you. I'm in a new heart. You're never going to be the same again. You say, hold on now. Well, that was just for Saul. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter. The Bible tells us the new covenant, but the anointing which you've received, it abides within you. And hear me, if Saul had a great anointing under the old covenant, guess what? We have a new covenant, which is a better covenant established upon better promises. And all these blessings came upon Saul. So guess what? I believe more and greater and stronger blessings are coming your way. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Come on, raise your hands up high and begin to praise him. Raise your hands up high. Oh, come on, praise him. Oh, come on, quickly praise him. Oh, hallelujah. Begin to praise him. Oh, begin to praise him. Hallelujah. Raise your hands up high. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name. I said, blessed be the name. Oh, come on, somebody. Raise your hands up and exalt him. Raise your hands up and magnify the Lord most high. I'm talking about I shall be and you shall be anointed with fresh oil. Come on, shall. Amen, 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 amen. Why do you need the anointing of God upon your life? There are many reasons. But one is this. Isaiah 10 verse 27, you put it up. Isaiah 10 verse 27 says, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Some people say, and the yoke shall be broken. No, 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 not just broken. But if it's broken, guess what? It'll be put back together again. But it says, and the yoke, that part of the verse, and the yoke shall be what? Destroyed. Devastated, completely demolished. Pieces cannot be put together again. Completely, it will come to an end. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of what? The anointing. I don't know what kind of yoke the devil is trying to put upon you, upon your home, upon your family. I don't know what kind of yoke, what kind of chain, what kind of bond, what kind of fetter, what kind of shackle. It may be, but it doesn't matter what it may be. Why? The yoke shall be destroyed. I said it shall be destroyed. Everybody shout destruction. Total destruction. And the yoke, the burden is upon your life. The chains, the shackles, 
whatever it may be. It may be habits of the flesh or strongholds of hell. Whatever it may be, guess what? It's coming off. I said it's coming off. But it's not just going to come off. As it comes off, guess what? It's going to be destroyed, Gabriel. It's going to be destroyed, my brother. It's going to be destroyed, beloved, destroyed. Now, you don't have to raise your hands and tell me what it is. But some of you, if you'll be honest, you say there's some things that are still hanging on my life. Maybe some things that you've had for a long time back. Maybe you've been saved, and thank God you're saved. You're ready for heaven. You're ready to slide on through the pearly gates. But still, there's some things that are there. Some yokes. I'm not going to have you stand up and shout out what it is. But what are the yokes? What are the shackles? What are the bonds? What are the fetters? It could be an ungoverned temper. It could be bitterness in your life. Could be a critical spirit. Could be unforgiveness. Could be other things. Habits, maybe. Maybe cigarettes. Maybe you tried to quit, but you can't. I just can't, I can't, I can't. Maybe cigarettes. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's prescription drugs. Maybe it's pornography, internet pornography. I don't know what it may be. Were there things that are there? Maybe it's greed. Maybe it's gossip. I don't know what it is. But whatever the yoke, the shackle, the bond, the chain may be. Look at it. Look at it again. And the yoke. Say it. Come on. Say it with me. The yoke shall. Everybody shall. Shall. It doesn't say it might be. It doesn't say there's a slim possibility. It could happen. But this is for you tonight, beloved, at Island Church. The yoke shall be what destroyed. Shout that word again. Destroyed. Not to be put back together again. Not to be put back on you again. And the yoke shall be destroyed. Why? How? Because of the anointing. Would you stand, please? Raise your hands up and just say, thank you, Lord. Oh, raise your... Let's sing that one time. Let's sing. Come on. Oh, yes. We come to adore Oh, raise your hands and magnify him. We are here to seek your face. Seek your mercy and, and your, your grace. Oh, hallelujah. We come to adore you. Oh, my God, my God. We are here to seek your face. Yes, yes. Seek your mercy and, and your, your grace. We come before you. Oh, God. We come to adore you. Yeah. We are here to seek your face, to seek your mercy and, and your, your grace. We come before you. Oh, hallelujah. We come to adore you. We are here to seek your face. Hallelujah. To seek your mercy and, and your, your grace. We're gonna pray right now for you. Take up. If I do this one time, just take it off. What is that? You're taking off that church mask. You get around some people and say, well, how's it going, brother? How? Well, glory to God, I'm blessed and highly favored. And you know, they're going through hell. Come on now. Come on, talk to me now. People try to put on that facade. But deep down, they're hurting, they're, they're broken, they're, they're bound. Yokes and shackles and bonds and chains that are still there. I'm not saying that you're not saved, you're saved, but still there's some things that are there. But the Lord just stirred my heart a moment ago and said this, to tell you, tonight, the yoke shall be destroyed because of what? The anointing. We say, well, I've got it there, it's there. I don't want people to know. What will they think about me? They won't think ill of you, wrong of you. They'll think you're a child of God. You want to get better and better in the things of God. That's all. So right now, whatever the yoke, the shackle, the bond, the fetter may be, physical habits, 
bombardments of the mind, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, maybe fear, worry, depression, whatever it may be. If you hear tonight, you will say, but the junction, there's a yoke, there's a shaker, there's a bind, there's a fetter that had me in some way bound up, loose. But I want to be set free totally. I want that yoke to be destroyed once and for all by the anointing of God. If that's you, raise your hands up. Come on. Raise them up, my God. Raise them up. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Every one of you right now, don't try to form lines. But right now, every one of you with your hands right, get out of your seats and come and stand around this front. Come on quickly. Come on. You have to raise your hands up. Hurry. Don't you stand back. Come on down. Don't try to form lines, but come on in. Just come in closer. Just come on in closer. Come on closer. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Just come on in. Seek your mercy yes, and your grace. We come before you. Yes. We come to adore you. I'm going to pray in a moment. And a fresh anointing is coming upon you. A fresh anointing has come upon you. A fresh, I want to get ready. A fresh anointing is coming. God's going to turn something for you. Yeah, not just the yokes and the shackles and the bonds, but some things you've been, you've been saying, Lord, what about this and what about that? There's some things you've been saying, Lord, Lord, what about this? And some things in the inner recesses of your heart, some, some personal things, some things you've been crying out to God about of late. But God said, my daughter, I've heard you cry. I've heard your prayer, and I'm going to do it for you. I will turn it for you. I will turn. This is your season. This is your time. Oh, for a great turnaround. So get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Oh. Woo. Honey, get ready. The thing you say, Lord, show me, show me, show me what do I do? What do I do? You say, Lord, I need you to speak to me about this. There's things deep down, down. God said, before the summer's over, get ready. Before the summer's over, before the summer's over, you will know that you know that you know what to do. Before the summer's over, I hear the Lord saying, before the summer's over, I'm going to give you divine direction. I'm going to give you clarity. And you will know, my daughter, you will know exactly what to do. Hallelujah. You're never going to be the same again. You're never going to be the same again. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Here you cross the front and raise your hands up high. I want to pray for everybody one and all right now. Get ready. I want to pray for you one and all. You don't need my hand. You need his hand. You don't need my touch. You need his touch. But as I pray for you right now, I believe that a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost is coming upon these, but you also in your seat and upon the praise team, upon the church. A fresh and get ready. Father God, in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, I believe right now that every yoke, every shackle, every bond, every fetter, every habit, every stronghold is coming off. It's been destroyed right now by the anointing of the Spirit of God. And Father, tonight, Father, tonight, I speak the blessing. I speak the blessing. I speak the blessing of the fresh anointing upon these and upon this whole church. Those that couldn't make the night for some reason, I speak the blessing of the fresh anointing. Father, let excellence come upon your people like never before. Father, let restoration come upon your people like never before. Let progress come upon your people like never before. Let supernatural favor come upon your people like never before. Oh God, let there be a mighty change of status. Will they be turned to another man or another woman? They'll feel like differently because of the Spirit of God upon them. Father, 
as they go their way because of the fresh anointing. Let them be continually aware of your presence. The assurance of your presence, knowing that you are with them, oh God. Father, and I pray for everyone that is here tonight, that you will give them, you will give them a new heart. Father, whatever needs to take place, Father, change them. Change them. Let there be a transformation. Look at me, church. Look at me. God can change you just like that. Tuesday morning, Martin the 7th, 1972, stand before the judge. He changed me just like that. He changed me just like that. I mean, honey, you don't know what I was like. I mean, in school, I was about to get F rather than get up and give a book report. This, no, but it changed me. He's changed me. And you see the anointing of God can change your life. How? I had one dear mama came up to me in Noblesville, Indiana. Would you pray for my son? He's got a severe learning disability. They said, I never make it. I never make it. But I said, Mama, let's agree together right now. And we agreed together right then and there that God was going to change that boy. New Life of Sin in Novasville, Indiana. I came back here a year later. And she said, Brother Johnston, something happened. I said, what do you mean, honey? She said, last you prayed for my son. We're standing together. He had such a severe learning disability. Couldn't learn anything at all. But God supernaturally changed him. And now he's the smartest one in the class. Hallelujah. And since that time he's gone on, he graduated from high school with honors, became the valedictorian, and went on from there to college, graduated with honors. Why? Because God changed. How many of you tonight, you would say, well, yes, I believe yokes are coming off shackles, but how many of you would say, I need God to do a work like that in my son, my daughter, my grandson, my granddaughter, my brother, my sister. Anybody? Why don't you just start speaking the anointing of God over them? He had a yoke of a learning disability, but the anointing broke the yoke. Father God, right now we speak over sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters. We speak over brothers and sisters, God, and friends and loved ones with severe learning disabilities, oh God, and things that are in their life, God, that need to be changed. But God, I believe you're not just going to bless them, but you're going to change them by the anointing of God. And all of God's people said, Amen. Before we close out, before we move on, look up. I don't know where you stand with God. We had a number of people this morning that got saved, got born again. Their life was changed for all of eternity. Look at me right now. What about you? Do you know? Do you know you're ready to meet God? Well, I hope so. I, I really I think I am. You're not ready. If all you have is I hope I'm ready, or I think I'm ready. I think so. Guess what? You're not ready. The Bible teaches us. That if you're saved, you're going to have the witness of the Spirit. In other words, you're going to know that you know you're saved. You'll have, that, you'll have that blessed assurance that you're saved. I wouldn't dare leave this church house that if all I have was a hope or a thing so. I don't want to know so. So I'm asking you this. Do you know? Do you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you're saved and rendered in God? Do you know that? Do you know if you had to stand before Almighty God tonight? Do you know it is well with your soul? Anybody? Where do you stand with God? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed for just a moment. Not embarrass anybody for nothing in the world. But if you're here tonight, you've never been saved. You've never made Jesus Christ the absolute Lord and Savior of your life. If you're not right with God, if you died right now, you're not sure of your salvation. But you say, but I want to know for sure. I want to know. I want to know that I know that I'm ready. I want to know that when I stand before God, it would be well with my soul. 
I want to have that assurance that I'm ready to meet God. I want to know I'm ready. So right with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here tonight, you will say, Brother Johnston, I'm not right with God. I'm not where I should be with God. I'm not sure of my salvation. But I want to leave this place and I want to have that assurance. I want to know I'm ready. If you're not right with God, but what means a man of God to pray for you. Would you raise a hand right now? Raise it high. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Were you, raising, were you praising God or just praising it? Right now, hold your hands down high. Look at me. Look at me. Look at, open your eyes. Brother, you're raising your hand. You need to make a fresh commitment, don't you? Come here right now. Just come here. I sense, and you've prayed before, you said the Lord, but you've been slipping away and growing cold with some things in your life. Everybody stretch your hands toward our brother. Stretch your hands up here. Just pray this out to me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm asking you right now to do a fresh work. Do a fresh work in my life. I need you in my life. I want you in my life. And I need your help. I need your strength and the power of your Holy Spirit to live for you. And Lord Jesus, I commit myself to you afresh that you are Lord. You are my Lord. And from this time forth, with your help, I will live for you. I will serve you. I won't turn back. I'm all yours. You're all mine. We're together forever. Amen. Amen. Oh, come on, somebody. Praise him. He loves you, brother. He loves you so much. Never forget this. If you forget everything I say tonight, never forget this. He loves you so much. You may sleep, you may fall, but guess what? It doesn't matter. You can get back up. And he'll help you back up. Because he's got a great plan for your life. He has got such a great, great destiny for your life. He loves you much. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. I'm going to let you go here in two seconds, but let me just say this. I love Island Church. There's numerous ones of the church up. Brother Roland can testify to this. Brother Adam Dear Warren can testify. I keep up with you. I send you Texas. Hallelujah. Why? Because you're a great bunch. I love you. And I make a promise with you. As God quickens to me your names and your faces, I will always pray for you. And as God quickens my name and my face, say, Lord, just bless him. Edwards way Blues. I love you. I covet your prayers as we go to Nicaragua, as we go to Haiti and any other places coming up. So thank you. I love you. It's been good. Brother Roland, hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Brother Adam, hallelujah. Somebody, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.